Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Better never rest. What is up, everybody? It is Sunday night. It is the Georgia Show. I'm Jake Rowe. He's Rusty Mansell, and we are from Dogs HQ. Rusty, there's only really one – well, there's more than one thing to talk about. One big thing to talk about. That's James Coley's back at Georgia, uh, brought back to the Georgia staff, announced on Saturday um, that that he's coming back as the wide receivers coach, a post that he held for the first time in his career, mind you, uh, for two years at Georgia in 2016-2017, uh, Kirby Smart's first two years. Um, it's funny, Del McGee leaves as, a, as an OG of the Kirby Smart staff, and he gets another OG back. Um, and we're going to talk about that running backs coach opening. But, Rusty, uh, we got plenty to get to here with James Coley. And uh, mixed reviews coming back, but um, in terms of fans, right? Like, folks have their own opinions. Cool. That's great. Not not really worried about it, but we're going to tell you kind of what we know and what we've, you know, learned. And um, he just got hired by a second time by Kirby Smart to come back. Uh, tells me kind of all I need to know in, in terms of what they think of him as a coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the, the reaction from people, I think it – I mean, we have one of the most connected people to this program really ever under Kirby Smart, Matt Goblin, who's been on this podcast. He's done your podcast. He is a subscriber on our board. And, you know, Matt worked hand-in-hand hand with Kirby Smart for four years. He was the right-hand man, and and he, he was last night. His quote on the hiring on our board was, this is a great hire. This, is, this guy is high energy. He's a great recruiter. He's a great area recruiter. He's very connected in South Florida. Uh, just a high energy, great, um, great everyday uh, person to have around the the building. And um, I, I don't know that any I could say anything different other than you know I I felt like you know Thursday morning when we did uh, our, our insider notes I was like look this is there's there's some traction here you know we we had him originally on our our, our board but mm -hmm. uh, he. Um, there was some traction late in the week, and I think uh, Georgia did the, did their due diligence and familiarity with him. Uh, he's recruited his state. He's recruited South Florida really, really hard for for Georgia, and you know landed James Cook, Tyson Campbell. He was huge in George Pickens. A lot of things there uh, that that James Coley. I think Georgia had the confidence that this this is our guy. I reached out to Matt as well, Rusty, and uh, a little later than you did, and not just not just you know him, um, uh, not just George Pickens, uh, you know, kind of in that class, and after he was, um, you know, he had moved on to coaching quarterbacks at Georgia, which he also did for two years, and you know, the year of the offensive coordinator. Listen, we'll get into that a little bit, but um, uh, Marcus Rosenby, Jack Saint, big role in that recruitment. Jermaine Burton, 
big role in that recruitment. And I'm not sitting here trying to say like, all right, well, um, you know, those guys changed the program. I mean, they helped Georgia win a national title. They helped Georgia, you know, between the two of them, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint kind of played a bigger role in that 2022 national title. Jermaine Burton definitely had a role in that 2021 national title. James Coley was involved with both of those guys heavily. You mentioned George Pickens. Um, listen, I, I've been critical at times, right? Because, and I'm not saying like, if I look at Georgia's coaching hires, Rusty, we've covered dozens of them dozens of them over the past, you know, 10, 12 years, 14 years, whatever, however long we've been in this. Um, I can count two. I, I worked on this today. I, I literally went by and I worked on it today. I can count two, Rusty, that when Georgia hired them, that you couldn't say anything about them, right? You couldn't mm -hmm. say one thing. You couldn't – there's been two that you couldn't poke holes in. Sam Pittman and Jeremy Pruitt coming off a national title at Florida State. Sam Pittman and Jeremy Pruitt. There's been two. Every other one you've got, you could say something. Well, this didn't work out for them at this point, or they had a bad eval here, or they did this, or they did that. I mean, even Todd Munkin, he had been on two straight staffs that had gotten fired in the NFL. I mean, this is – I'm not going to tell you that James Coley is a perfect coach, but I'll tell you this. If you're out there on Twitter or if you're on the Dogs HQ message board, the Dog Walk, or if you're in the comments and you're saying, James Coley sucks as a coach, that's your opinion, and I'm not going to try to change your mind, but I can tell you this. Kirby Smart disagrees with you um, because if you look back, Rusty, do you remember you remember when, when the Georgia hired Todd Munkin and, and Coley kind of had to be demoted, stepped down? That new that press release gave you every indication to believe they really would have liked to have kept him on staff at the time. They knew it probably wasn't going to happen. Oh yeah, they would have kept him. Yeah, no doubt. But 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 they 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 said that he was that that at that point they wanted to they wanted to uh, keep him on staff as an offensive assistant. Yeah, I, and uh, you know that's just the way it goes. I think people, it's just it's so hard to separate. He did not have a great year at offensive coordinator and. Kirby Smart, the head of this organization, recognized it, and he made a change. But wide receiver-wise, quarterback-wise, those types of things, um, I think there's 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 value there. I think James Coley, um, he's been at Texas A&M, South Carolina, hired him pretty quick. You know, I mean, this guy's been there, LSU, all all these places that um, that he's been. He's he's been in line to get you know jobs the next time and had promotions and those types of things. So. Listen, I, I I can make it real simple. I I, I love the hire. I, I I do think that there was a couple of candidates I've been okay with. Um, I never bought the you know kind of the Heinz Ward type deal. I know that that name always comes up, but just not sure that Heinz uh, wants to jump into this. I'm not sure that Georgia wants to hire a guy that's never done it at this level yet. But won't surprise me one day, in some way, some fashion, or form, if Heinz Ward's a part of Georgia staff somehow. Some way, you know what I mean? Like he can be an off the field guy and you'd be crazy not to want him there. But this is a, this is, this Georgia is built that you don't wait a year to break somebody in. Like you got to go tonight and guess what? Uh, he was talking to players last night. He was talking to recruits last night. So I would imagine he signed the paperwork yesterday and he got going. Like there's no, there's no, there's no cushion here. You know, that's one thing Kirby has created is the time frame of its national championship time in Athens every year. Like this roster is built to play the last game of every year. Now, 
hasn't happened every time, but the roster now in there is built to play uh, next year, January 20th in Atlanta. And there's no time to sit back and say, Hey, we need to, you know, there was, there was just a trust factor there. This guy can step in and get it done. And I'm excited about some of the things he's going to do. And you got to congratulate Brian McClendon going to the NFL, does some great job, you know, great thing for Dale to get a head coach, gets to coach his son, yeah. uh, gets to move to Atlanta, just, a lot of good things, man, happening for those guys, and you want those guys. Selfishly, if you're a Georgia fan, you would love to keep everybody, but you have to kind of step back and go, hey, man, thank you for everything you have done here. Go be great there. Go do your thing there because, like I said on the dog walk, our message board, it's a lot different now, man. When you walk into a school with that G on your chest, that that's a that's a totally different deal. You know what I mean? You don't have to be – that thing helps you. That thing helps you a little bit. You know what I mean? You don't have to be the the alpha of alphas. That G on your chest is a pretty damn powerful thing now. No doubt about it. And, uh, Rusty, another one of those guys that, that couldn't tell you when they pick up the trash during the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he couldn't light a big green egg. Couldn't pay the yep. cable bill. Uh, he's wired different. He's wired to do this job. That's That's another – he's another one of those guys that's – that's got what it takes to do that. And um, uh, listen, I, I know it comes down to the guy in the big office, the guy behind the big desk, you know, it's, it's coming down to Kirby, right? And and the guy that's going to make everybody do their job. But, but you know, you, you've you also got some guys like James Coley as recruiters. They're tireless. And, and I want to say this too, Rusty. Um, listen, we, we've, we've done this for a while, and, and I think sometimes when when you have nice things maybe to say about a coach that, um, that's been at Georgia before, I think folks kind of get the impression, oh, man, he must be in the bag for that guy. That, listen, I've had one conversation with James Coley in my whole life, and it was about 10 years ago I – mean, sorry, about eight years ago. Georgia was recruiting Demetrius Robertson. He was with Glenn Schumann at State Track Meet. Came over, introduced myself as a nice guy, cool guy, talked about some stuff. He talked to me about coaching Andre Johnson whenever Andre Johnson was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know, talked about some coaches that we knew, um, you know, from, you know, from different parts of, you know, his job. And um, we had a good conversation, maybe 20 minutes. Walked away. I haven't talked to him again. Never again, haven't had one conversation with him. The guy's never helped me break a story, will never help me break a story probably. With all of that said, um, I think he had some recruiting misses the times the first time he was at Georgia. I look back at that first big class. He got Riley Ridley and Javon Wims. Javon Wims was not a slam dunk despite being committed to Georgia when, when, when Kirby Smart took over. But he got Riley Ridley, developed Riley Ridley, did the same thing with Javon Wims. Terry Godwin had his best season under James Coley as wide receivers coach in 2017. Um, that 2017 class that Georgia signed, Mark Webb ended up moving the defensive side of the ball. Trey Blunt didn't pan out. Matt Landers, for whatever reason, couldn't get it together at Georgia, but was a very talented kid, very much talented enough to help and be a very good player at the college level. Jeremiah Holloman was an absolute stud. Nobody saw what what came coming off the field. Never been more shocked in my entire life at, at, at something happening with a player off the field, but was an absolute bona fide stud. Yeah. So that's where we are with James Coley, the wide receivers coach at Georgia. Don't extrapolate it and push it on down the road to 2021, 2020 misses and things like that. He he helped out. He, he, listen, I talked to, talked to Godwin. Godwin said, hey, 
Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint, Jermaine Burton, big roles. George Pickens, big role. Jermaine Burton, zero chance. Zero yeah. chance he's at Georgia without James Coley. Yeah, so. he's, at, he's, he's playing ball at LSU. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be in the NFL soon, regardless of what you think about him. True, That's 100%. Another, one right. thing here. That's a different discussion altogether. you got to compartmentalize yeah. when it comes to that stuff. Did the guy – it all comes down to, you know, sometimes you, you talk about coaches winning battles for recruits that didn't pan out. It happens mm -hmm. all the time, like like a MJ Sherman, right? Like MJ Sherman did not pan out. Super highly tested. I mean, it did show while he didn't turn out to be a very good player at Georgia or a difference making player at Georgia, Dan Lanning won a big battle to get MJ Sherman against Ohio State. Shows your recruiting chops, you know, mm -hmm. like you, you win those battles, you win those battles. If the player becomes a good player or not, doesn't those are two separate things. Yeah, I'd, I'd, and listen, I've said it again too. For whatever reason, the state of Georgia has been down at wide receiver and, um, you know, I'm back and look at Rashad Bateman, and that's the one that people kind of talk about because Rashad Bateman wanted to go to Georgia. It worked out for Georgia. They didn't offer him. Minnesota. Now, listen, Florida State, Alabama, everybody passed on Rashad Bateman he, until later on when he went to Minnesota. That's, that's the one. And Georgia, at the start of the football season, they did offer him. So James Coley did offer him, you know, but uh, at that point, Minnesota had done everything right and said, look, this is what Georgia's going to do, and this is what Alabama's going to do, and this is what uh, Florida State's going to do. All these schools are going to come in on you late, and you're going to be a backup. So they had him wired right, and he went to Minnesota, and he wound up being a, uh, a first-round draft pick. So that was the one you kind of miss on, I think. But um, listen, the one thing I'll tell you, the best thing is now. For whatever reason, the state of Georgia's been down. But it's not down anymore And wide receiver. And, uh, you know, I talked with Travis Smith last night, uh, one of the top targets out of Westlake High School. And he said, look, already talked to Coach Coley, man. Very excited. Great recruiter. Already know him. So that's good news, man. And, um, you know, you look at these guys and, you know, it, it's such a different position now, wide receiver. It's such a different position, such a, such a transfer portal type deal. But – you know, I've just you, we're going to watch Lab McConkey work out this weekend, and yeah, you know, that he never had a dent in Georgia fans, never even thought twice about him and he how special he was, and some of those things. And they got a great, very talented uh, room right now, I think, with some depth. Uh, but I am excited about the twenty twenty five class. I think Georgia's going to do. I think Georgia's got a really good chance there to lock down some wide receivers, especially in state, man, because it's finally. Finally, some D-line, finally some O-line, and finally wide receivers all in one class. And, oh, by the way, a five-star quarterback reclassifies in the 2025 class, so Georgia's got a great uh, great job opportunity. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, it, it, digging into Coley just one – you know, kind of one last time here, um, you know uh, – the offensive coordinator thing didn't work out. Another thing I've seen is the Kirby Smart, you know, friend hire, all that stuff. Um, I mean, Kirby had never worked with Coley before he hired him. Um, no, the first no they, were, they, were, they were together at LSU. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. They, yeah, they had been uh, – yeah, and when Coley was bit. GA, I believe, right? Yep. yep. Coley was Coley. GA at the time. Coley, yeah. was in, was about, Coley came from high school from Miami. Yeah. And um, there was a wide receiver there. That wound up being a super freak at LSU. He coached him in high school. That was kind of the connection. Okay. So, yeah. Back in the day, I can't remember who that was, but, but Coley was a high school coach in Florida. Um, 
and, and um, so it's just very, very connected there. I, I remember going down to film the James Cook commitment, and I remember talking to the coach at Miami Central. Yeah, and one of the coaches at Miami Northwestern, and I was like, you know, they did they just raved about about James Coley. So he's going to do. It's crazy. Tomahawk Dog asked, did Coley ever play ball? I don't think Coley played ball. I don't think Coley played. Uh, I know he didn't play college. Neither did Glenn Schumann. And that, I mean, you know, and everybody, all the schools used to negative recruit uh, Glenn Schumann because he didn't play college football. He was an office assistant at Alabama, started out basically as a manager, and now he's one of the top most coveted. Defense coordinators in football and one of the most elite recruiters. So I love that. I love that that uh, those those people uh, th- those get shot down. But I don't think Coley did not play college football a- at all. Uh, no, nah, he, he played at Miami Senior High School, and uh, mm-hmm. that's the uh, that's the extent of his uh, playing yeah. career. Um, you know, and then he kind of came back, and I think he coached uh, quarterbacks there. Um, and I, you know, there, there was a little bit of, there was a, there, there was a connection there with Kirby at Miami as well with the Dolphins. Um, mm-hmm. they, they did coach there together in 2006. Um, so there is that connection as well. So there is a little bit more of a connection there, but, but they went a, I mean, they, they literally went about 10 years without ever coaching together, getting hired on the same staff, any of that stuff. And, um, you know, Kirby gave him his first shot to coach wide receivers in 2016. He worked that job for two years. Was co-OC and quarterbacks coach in, in 2018. Then he's OC in 2019. Obviously, that didn't work out. And and you know Kirby remedied that quick. Brought in Todd Munkin, and uh, you know Coley moves on to to uh, Texas A&M. But guys, I'm telling you right now, like if I mean we can all kind of have our opinion on it. And sometimes I think we all need to kind of say something that I feel like I've. I don't know. Maybe I've just done this long enough. I'm not trying to say that I'm right when I say this because I don't know. I, I'm literally telling you I don't know. There's a lot we don't know. You can fill oceans and oceans and oceans with information we don't have about what goes on up at the University of Georgia and every other program in America, despite as as strong as we want to talk about it, as strong as we want to have an opinion on it. And I'm, you're welcome to have that. But I think we all need to understand that I mean, Kirby evaluated this guy for two straight years as a wide receivers coach, and he wants him back. Like, had his choice of probably of several other guys that would have loved to have had that job, dozens of other guys that would have loved to have had that job. And he brings back a guy that he feels like can do a really good job at it, and we know his recruiting jobs. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I think all that's good. I, I just think that people had in their mind it was going to be Hans Ward, and that's just – you know, that's just <laughs> – I mean, they just – it is what it is, man. I, I you know, I, I, people care and people are dying to have Heinz Ward in there. And, and I know Heinz and I, smart, smart dude. Now he's, he's a lot more football knowledge than maybe people think, you know, he, he, he's got some X and O and this guy can coach now, like this guy can X and O and do those things, but it's a lot different jumping into this room right now. But um, it's just I, I had the feeling that that was not going to happen. Another thing people bring up is Thomas Brown, running back coach. Uh, we'll talk about that. But um, I, it's so funny. I had a coach I know recently talked to Thomas Brown, and his quote was, I wouldn't come back to college for $5 million in cash. I mean, he, once, you're firmly <laughs> once you're firmly entrenched into that NFL, like the, and Thomas Brown's such a hell of a coach. Like he's gonna just keep going from team to team every couple of years. That's just the way they they all recycle. I mean, they go everywhere. But um, congratulations, Thomas Brown doing a great job. Makes me feel old covering him. And 
uh, some of the things he's got. But that, that's a name that we definitely and the, thing, and, and the thing I want people to understand here, and I think you'll back me up on this, is would Kirby Smart tell Thomas Brown no if he called him up and said, I wanted to come be your Yo, running back? Dude, he there is not a guy – like I, I have heard this on multiple occasions. There's not yeah. a guy that Kirby Smart thinks more of than Thomas Brown. Kirby Smart would send Mary Beth. Kirby Smart would make Mary Beth drive the U-Haul up there to help him. <laughs> it's not that yeah, crazy. He's, he's a big Thomas Brown fan. Thomas Brown had a spot on that Georgia coaching staff when yeah. when Kirby took over. Like that was that was a guy that Kirby wanted. And and he, Thomas he coached Brown. in 05, and those two hit it off. You never say never. One day Thomas Brown is such a bulldog, you know, and he may go, you know what? Seven or eight years from now, he goes, no, I'm, I may give this thing a try, you know, but right now it's definitely not the time for him. He is firmly entrenched into the NFL. He understands the offseason. Thomas Brown and Brian McClendon are best friends. Yeah. And don't think that Thomas Brown ain't telling Brian McClendon, hey, dog, I'm off all summer. You want to play some golf or are you going to be at camp? So, uh, yeah. you know, that's probably, probably some conversations there that took place. Interesting, John Lilly was on the staff with Thomas Brown up at Carolina. And, uh, you know, those guys, Thomas, uh, John Lilly, former Georgia coach, he's been at uh, Cleveland, he's been in North Carolina, he's been at Carolina Panthers. And did uh, he ever actually coach at Notre Dame? I thought he got hired at Notre Dame. Did he actually? I thought he, he Notre went to Notre Dame for a little while and then he was going to, uh, then, then Carolina popped up, I think. I think yeah. Carolina popped up. So, but uh, Coach Lilly, great guy. We all know him. And every time you talk about Terry Goblin, man, that was, I mean, Roquan Smith. You want to talk about yeah, Roquan Smith? You want to talk about anything with Roquan Smith playing at the University of Georgia? Don't you ever forget John Lilly? Because the second that John Lilly was able to offer Roquan Smith, he started the process. And even though they finished, you know, second in the initial press conference, they wouldn't even have been in it without John Lilly. And he, he the Georgia fans owe him a lot of thank you because John Lilly went after Roquan Smith after some guys on that staff that were in that office, did not want to offer Roquan Smith, and they didn't. And when they moved on, John and called Macon County High School and said, you got an offer from Georgia right now. So uh, good luck to good luck to Coach Lilly and uh, Georgia fans. You owe him a, a big-ass thank you, for lack of a better term. Before we want to move on, uh, Connor Parmalee uh, comes in with this uh, a point that Rusty has made quick. Uh, Rusty made this point to me before the hire was ever made public that if Georgia got James Coley, that's an incredible tandem in a talent-rich portion of the country to have Traver Traveris Robinson, T-Rob, and James yeah. Coley. I mean, you want to talk about a one-two punch, Starsky and Hutch down there in uh, South Florida. Hell, I don't even know where Starsky and Hutch was based. Probably L.A., but I, we'll, we'll say Starsky and Hutch, yeah. Miami edition. That's, that's um, but uh, – yeah, for sure. Those two, that's a that is a really, really strong combo. So let's get to it, Rusty. Running backs coach opening, still mm -hmm. open. Uh, you know, uh, yep. not a surprise. I think a lot of folks thought that Georgia may move quick on Jimmy Smith. I told him on Friday, Georgia's gonna go through a process here. They're not in a massive big hurry here. This this is the time of year where hell, if you're gonna lose a coach, that's the one of the that's one of the perks of it. You don't have to, you know, decide something real quick. Um what do you think about this opening and, and how they're going to handle it? Do you see it kind of being like a week long deal with like the running, like the receivers coach? I don't know, but Will Gleaton. That one literally right lasted seven days. Will Gleaton hits it right on the head, Crockett and Tubbs in South Florida. That's exactly what that would be with those two guys. That's but, what it uh, is. Yeah, I'm an idiot. I'm, I'm just Miami Vice. Yeah, I'm Miami Vice. That's my day there. Um, 
Yeah, we when initially told we, uh, you know, my initial prediction was the wide receiver would be filled within ten days. Um, they had some stuff going on where some coaches were kind of out of the out of the office with some stuff they were doing. So I knew it was going to be a little more difficult to get some things done other than Zoom, and that kind of took a little while. Um, so you officially come open what Friday night, kind of, but we kind of knew it was going to come open for Dale. So I would say. I would be comfortable saying they will have that job as it field, I would say by by the end of this week, uh, because you want to get those guys in for for uh as quick as you can to get terminology and uh spring practice prep going. Um now here's the thing too. Throw this variable in there. I'm really confident that it will happen um at the end of this week because the next week after that, spring break. Yeah. And all the coaches and that's players. Not- now, do the coaches you tell yes. people this? Yes. Will the coaches yes. will the coaches step away, or will the coaches anchor down and get no. ready for spring no. practice? It up? No, 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 no. They'll all be divorced. They're going. They're going. <laughs> let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. They're all alpha males. They're going on spring break somewhere. Uh, they'll be at lakes, beaches. But uh, those 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 bosses that live at home and handle business all year round, they're they're going to go. Uh, they're going to go in spring, and the, and the kids are gone. I mean, the kids are gone. Um, I've heard stuff that Kirby makes them do. They make them. <laughs> I can say this now. They make them do videos of daily running. You know, what are you doing exercise wise? What are you doing cardio wise? And um, I'll won't play his name, but evidently you had to send in your videos to um, the, the, the strength staff every single day. You have to send in like, this is what I'm doing cardio, especially if you're in, in the uh, the morning weight club. You know what I mean? You have to check in. But a couple of years ago, I heard of a player on spring break was sitting on the back of a boat and he videoed himself doing some 12-ounce curls. <laughs> and he sent that video in and said, here's what I'm doing today, coach, <laughs> on the back of a boat. So, uh, those kids get to unwind uh, spring break and, and good for them and, and, and coaches will be gone. So I'm pretty confident that this running back hire will be made um, this week at some point because you want to get that done uh, before uh, spring break because you, you don't want that thing carried into that week and coaches dealing with those types of things. Uh, there'll be a couple of you – know, there's always a couple of those guys that hang around and, uh, you know, kids are – Kids are competing, and and I'll say it here: Mike Bobo's kids, uh, his three daughters are playing in the Elite Eight Tuesday or Wednesday, and if they win that, they'll be in the Final Four the next week. So, you know, something like that could derail, uh, you know, vacation. I'm sure everybody be happy to if your kids make it into, uh, you know, something like that a once in a lifetime deal. But uh, North yeah, Oconee kind of depends on where these, where these coaches' kids go to school too. When when spring break is for those high schools, because I know Clark County. Right, right there in Athens, they go on spring break at the same time. But Oconee I think, County, uh, I think, I think Athens Academy and maybe Prince, and then one more county is tied in with the universities. Um, yeah, yeah, and if not, I know, I know Athens Clark County is tied in with the university. That's way, uh, that's way. We got another whole discussion. That's, that's just way too damn early for me. Even college yeah. spring break early is crazy. But uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah that's way too early. I think it'll be done, and uh, and and you just and Kirby Smart and his staff just don't turn them loose and say, "Hey, hit us back in a week." I mean, it is you check in and and uh, you get, dude. They'll come back the Sunday. I've heard horror stories about this. It makes me nauseous thinking about it. They'll come back the Sunday 
uh, from spring break, and they do a team run, and I heard that thing is, oof. he runs the spring break out of you right there, buddy. Yes, so you better open them pores back up. Hey, you ain't coming in hot on Saturday afternoon in Athens and think you're going to hydrate on sun, Sunday morning and make that team run. There's accountability and that Sunday team run. I, I've I've heard from players like, boy, that is that is the one. That's that's the rough one. Sunday team run, Monday walk through, probably a probably an early Tuesday walk through, and then practice again. You know, practice for, uh, start practice for that acclimation period, and then, uh, um, man, I'm excited. I'm excited about spring spring practice. It'll be it's here before here. you know it's it. It's here. How many days? Yeah. So, was that the twelfth? Well, it'll be fourteen. It'll be 14 from Tuesday, so 16 days. God, that is yeah, 16 days from spring practice. 16, 16 days. Day. For me, when spring practice gets here, because as soon as spring practice is over, as soon as G-Day is over, think about this, and, and guys in the comment and ladies in the comment, as soon as the spring game is over, Saturday, the portal opens up Monday. And it's only open for two weeks. So it is going to – when spring practice starts here in 14, 16 days, it's, it's go time. It's going to be crazy how fast and how much stuff is going to be going on for the next two months. And then we transition right into OVs. We transition right into, um, you know, camps and stuff like that. And listen, we don't have to bring it up tonight, but we will touch on it at some point. And there, there's a lot of talk um, of a June signing day at the end of June. And that could be the SEC wants no part of that. And, but the other conferences, some of them do, but uh, I, I think what we're going to see is that first Wednesday in December, it will be the new uh, early sign day. So that'll move things up two two weeks, two weeks. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, uh, this, I got this question here. I definitely wanted to uh, wanted to try and get this uh, answered. I, I'm pretty sure he's talking about Scott Cochran, who who resigned and stepped down. Um, if you're talking about that, uh, they they announced that initially. Um, I cannot. Rem they're promoting within, and I've I have you know like an idiot. I have lost the name um, of who was uh, who was going to be Kirk, stepping up Kirk, there. Kirk Benedict. Kirk Benedict, correct. Kirk. Golly, I, I could not remember his name for anything. I want to say it was Kent somebody, but no, Kirk mm. Benedict, who who has who has been a special teams coordinator before, um, yeah. and and you know they speak very highly of him. I honestly, dead serious, when I saw the thing, I didn't know who the guy was, so I asked some folks about him, and uh, you know, positive returns all around um, there for him. So that is uh, that's where that's at. All right, here's our deal. So uh, I'll be going to the NFL Combine later this week, leaving on Wednesday. What's that shirt you got oh, yeah, on there? This is that Athens Dogs where, HQ where, Red. Where'd you, where'd you steal that one at? Yeah, I, 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 this was my idea. I had them made. Um, nice. No, I'm just playing. This is Rusty. Rusty handed me off one of these at the uh, at the Under Armour camp uh, last well, weekend. He, so he, I finally started start giving some out. We need to give a warning when we're going to do it. Yeah, if you want one, you know, we, we, need, to, we need to come up with some good ways to get, maybe get some trivia going. Uh, here on the show, get a uh, um, see if anybody's got. We'll maybe do Rusty trivia. See if anybody knows any facts about Rusty that they can share. We not want, want to do Rusty trivia. We do, we want to do Rusty trivia pre nineteen ninety seven. We do not know anything do about Rusty factual before nineteen ninety seven. We'll take. Thank it. God there was no social media. Lord have mercy. But, Dylan uh, Brooks, I will not be running a forty yard dash at the combine. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can run the forty yard dash as fast backwards as I can forward. Who, who are you most excited? Who are you most excited about seeing up there? Combine. Who, um, who I, I want to see what Brock Bowers runs in the forty, man. I, I really want to see what Brock Bowers runs in the forty, and I hope he runs it. I really do hope he runs it because uh, yeah. I don't think he has to. But I'm just – I'm stoked to see him run to 40. And that's why, you know, Palmer's giving me a little intel. He covered it for us last year. You can sit in the stands. you got a section and you can cover it, but you don't get to see any of the times. So I don't know if I'm going to waste any time sitting in the stands to watch I, it. I'm going to get on – I'm going to get hydrate. You'll be somewhere hydrating with the team. Yeah. I'm going to hydrate in the Centurion Club on the way there. So uh, two, two people I'm interested in, I think Amaris Mims is going to be freaky, man. Um, I don't know exactly what he's going to run, but I think his his drill work is going to be insane. Um, but uh, Days and Edwards want to see what he runs. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really important for him. He has good tape. I think he, I think he, um, he has good tape, and I think a lot of people are interested in him. You look at, I mean, you look at Kansas City, and they get, you know. Isaiah Pacheco, a guy that's, you know, kind of a runner like that, hard to hit, you know, and they get him in the seventh round because people are a little bit worried about him, some of the questions. And you look at Dejan Edwards, and we all kind of know everything he's been through, playing behind people, some injuries. But, man, when he got a chance – and here's the thing, too, man, about NFL. He didn't have a lot of carries on him. Yeah. He don't and have a lot. What Kendall Milton do? Yeah. yeah. So, if, if Dejan Edwards runs good, and I'm talking – if he runs 4-6 flat, if he runs four six flat with his tape, you know, if he's a fifth or sixth rounder, I think I think he brings a lot of value. And if he goes four seven five, that's that's going to be an issue. But if he goes, yeah, I think four, if he can get in under four seven at all, I think yeah, if he can get in like mid four sixes and or something like that, I think he's got a chance to. And I still think that, that I, I think that every guy that is invited to this combine from Georgia is going to have a chance to make some money playing the game. Whether they get drafted or not, they'll get a good undrafted free agent contract. I don't think this is a situation we've seen in the past where any of these guys particularly are going to get, you know, uh, uh, what do they call them? The, not, the, it's not – they're like rookie mini camp invites. You know, like they're not necessarily signed as free agents. They just get invited yeah. to camp to show you what they got. You know, I, I'm, inter I'm interested in every 40, really. But, uh, you know, those running backs and, and Brock Bowers, Lab McConkie really come to mind for me. I, I, obviously, Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint, Kamari Lasseter, too. I mean, that's well, another one. But Kamari Lasseter finds a way because, you know, going back to Matt Godwin, I, I was talking with him about Kamari months ago, and he said, you know, Kamari is one of those rare guys that got to Georgia and got significantly faster. Yeah. Like he, he, he ran significantly better from year one to year two. And I think, man, if, if Kamari comes in here and finds a way to kind of get in there to mid four fours, you're talking about maybe a first round guy there. If he runs four four, he's going in the first round. Yeah. I don't know that he's going to run four four. But yeah, I don't I don't know either. His, DeAndre his, Baker did it. You know, I think his, he was four five tape, one. His tape is so damn good though. Kamari Lasseter. Kamari Lasseter against Luther Burden, that that made him Yeah. That when they locked him, we could go on and on, man, but you want to talk about a damn defensive scheme by Georgia and they hadn't shown it all year and they go three on three and they put Kamari last year because I was on the field shooting photos for us and I was like is he in the slot and I had I mean they just manned him up with Luther Bird he had two catches and that that tape man is going to make Kamari last if Kamari last runs four four he's a first rounder I'm telling you the question is going to be uh the questions is going to be um you know if he runs four five eight 
would that put him in the mid-second round? Because he's got great tape, and they know playing at George, he's physical, uh, and he'll run support and all those. The question is going to be top-end speed, and there's a reason only 32 of them guys go in the first round, and you better check a lot of damn boxes to go in that first round. That's right. Todd Hall says if there's a combine for hydration, Jake would make some money. Um, they, they'd name the combine after me if that was the thing. No, I don't. I can't keep up with Jake Roos. That's for sure. Uh, Jake Roos. Jake Roos. They would retire his jersey after one yeah, year. They would. It'd be, it'd be at rafters, baby. Rafters. Yeah, I, I don't even. Uh, I don't even. When Jake Roos. Jake Roos orders grown man drinks. Like <laughs> if I ordered a high noon around Jake Roos, I'd be afraid. He'd, he'd, I'd, be, I'd, be afraid <laughs> I'd be afraid what he'd do to me. So I don't. Jake, Jake Roos orders them. Uh, them craft beers that sound like an NFL play call. Oh, dude. Yes. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, two, like two sentences. Yes. Yeah. Two sentence beers. Uh, all right. So Tuesday morning, we'll be back with you. Me and Palmer will on the Tuesday show. Then Roos and Palmer will be with you on Thursday because I'll be at the Combine. And then we'll be back with you next Sunday to recap the Combine and talk about all that. But for this episode, that's all we got. I uh, hope you'll have a fantastic start to your week and uh, take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.